Welcome to the Embrace It series, where women with all types of disabilities can be real, resourceful, and stylish. With each episode, you'll walk or roll away with everyday tips, life hacks, and success stories from community leaders and influencers. So take off your leg braces and stay a while with Lainey and Estella. Hi, I'm Lainey, and I have CMT. And I'm Estella, and I also have CMT a neuromuscular disorder affecting approximately 2.6 million people worldwide. That's as many as MS. We believe that disabilities should never get in the way of looking or feeling good. Both of us wear leg braces and have learned through our own personal journeys to embrace it. For more information and exclusive resources, check out our websites at trend-able.com and hnf-cure.org. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button for future episodes and special promos. Um, Happy 2021. It's our first podcast of the new year and it is definitely off to uh, an interesting start. I hope everyone is staying safe. And for those of you on the East Coast, like me, staying warm. Delaney, you don't have to worry about that right now, right? Oh, Estella, I wasn't going to brag. I'm keeping it secret. (laughs) Okay, I guess not so secret. Yes, I live in Michigan, but I'm officially made this year my first snowbird year. Not that I'm going anywhere, but I'm at least outside. (laughs) Um, Anyways, Happy New Year, everyone. This is our first episode of 2021. um, And we hope you guys are all well, hanging in there. So today's topic, um, so we, I wrote a blog a while ago that, um, you know, I, I really, um, I really like the topic. It's really something that I've been working on personally. And so I wrote about it on Trendable. Um, and it's all about thinking traps that, you know, all of us, whether you have a disability or not, can sometimes get stuck in our own heads in different types of thinking traps. When you have a disability, um, a lot of times, you know, some of them become even more exaggerated based on our own experiences of you know, living with a disability. So Estelle and I thought it would be cool and awesome and helpful, maybe, hopefully, um, for us to kind of go through what are some of these thinking traps, in fact, 10 of them, um, when you have a disability, and give some quick pointers on how to get unstuck, how to change your thinking when it comes to those traps. And the first step really is just knowing what they are. And once you know that these are common thinking traps, maybe in your head, you know, after this podcast, you'll be like, oh, wait, I'm doing that again. Mm-hmm. And want you to leave here today, wherever you may be at home on a walk, we want you to have something that you can take away from this. And um, this, is, this is a life changer kind of thing. So when you can get a handle on your thoughts and be in control of how to change them and alter them when they're not working for you. It's a, it's a life-changing skill. Um, And the great part is too, that they don't, you know, they do apply to disabilities, but they apply to, you know, generally every other situation that you can think of, whether it's relationships or your career, you know, all of these thinking traps can really suck the life out of us. Yes. So what is a thought distortion? Um, like, I guess that's where we'll start, right? So mm-hmm. a th- thought distortion or a thinking trap, we're going to call them thinking traps, um, but they can be called thought distortions or cognitive distortions. And basically they are exaggerated, irrational, skewed, or distorted thoughts. So basically your mind plays tricks on you, convincing you a lot of times that you're not as good as everyone else. 
um, and that you're at fault for things, that life is hopeless, that you're a loser. These are common thoughts that are a result of thinking traps. Um, and what we want to emphasize is that your thoughts are not facts. You get to choose how you want to challenge them and change them. And so that's a choice. A lot of times we think that what we feel is the truth, but it is not, not necessarily the case. Instincts are often wrong. So you know how like people say, I don't know, Stella, they say, you know, go with your instinct, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, go with your instinct if you're in a dark alley and you think someone is approaching, right? But question those feelings or thoughts in your head when it involves something that's not like life or death. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes those, they're not necessarily instincts, they're just patterns that we're so used to and that they're just so automatic in our minds that they feel like instincts, right? Right, because you've been doing them forever. So let's talk about what some of them are. And I know I totally, um, like I can tell you right now, number one is one that I've been working on since I was a little kid, which is all or nothing thinking. A lot of times you hear it as black and white thinking or polarized thinking. And this is when someone or a person um, believes that, you know, in always and never. So like, that's a word that you often hear. This is always gonna be like this, or I am never, ever going to stop this pain, you know? Um, they do not see the gray area. Uh, a person who is in, you know, uses polarized or black and white thinking, they don't see that gray area. It's not obvious to them, and it's either all or nothing. And, um, you know, and a good example might be um, if you have people in your life who you don't feel like are super supportive to you or maybe don't understand your disability. And instead of thinking to yourself, oh, they don't get it and maybe I need to like give them more information or maybe we need to have a conversation. You might write it off and say, they are never going to care. They don't care at all. They are never there for me. So in that moment of all or nothing thinking, when you catch yourself using the word always, okay? Ask yourself, stop, pause and ask yourself, is this a hundred percent true? Do ever, does everyone I know like not care about me? You know, and hopefully the answer is absolutely not. There are people who care. We care, right, Estella? Yes. So we're here. So then that's absolutely not true. Um, the second thinking trap that I want to talk about is catastrophizing. And this is, you know, basically a type of distorted thinking where you assume the worst. Um, for example, let's say you get disability um, checks in the mail and it hasn't come, you know? So you automatically assume when you check that mailbox and you didn't get it on the day you expected it, it is never coming, right? It's kind of similar to black and white thinking, except for there is no, you know, black and white. It's all negative. It's literally the worst possible case scenario. I know I can be um, a little dramatic <laughs> in my, yeah, I know, so I believe, but, um, you know, like when my kids are out and I haven't heard from them, um, and, you know, you're, you go to that awful, icky place mm -hmm. of the worst, that is catastrophizing. It's easy to dismiss people who catastrophize that they're being dramatic. 
Um, I hope my husband's listening. But oftentimes, <laughs> you know, it's not something that they're even aware that they're doing. It's not like a, um, it's not a dramatic, you know, like show. It's basically because they might have experienced in their life something really bad, or they might have had, you know, a history of um, things not, not being good. And so they automatically go to that very dark place. Similar to black and white thinking, you want to challenge that, you know, first step though, is obviously to use some rational thought statements, you know, um, how did I get through this before? Have I thought this before? So the example, which is not a disability example is, you know, your kids, right? First of all, you know, when you have that thought in your head, like, oh my God, like, where are they? And they're in a car accident. I know it, right? God forbid. But let's say that is your thought, which I've had many, many, many times. You know, say to yourself, have there been times before where I didn't hear from my kids? Really? Something to do to train your brain to question those kinds of thoughts. When I had, um, not so much these days, but back in the day, I had like a really bad fear of flying. Right. Mm -hmm. So that there was any type of turbulence, I was like, okay, we're dead. I'm already thinking about like my funeral, what my family's gonna be doing, <laughs> the arrangements. And so then I would kind of like catch myself and be like, okay, what are the odds of this plane crashing? They're way lower than a car crash. So let's just, you know, let's just reference that. Sometimes facts and statistics kind of can help you, you know, climb your way out of that as well, if it's like a, a real, you know, hard. Right fear that you have. And, and the point is to catch it before you start spiraling. When you're spiraling, it's very hard to like, you know, to get a handle on it, right? As you start to first experience those, those distorted thoughts of, you know, that you have no facts to base on, you know, I haven't heard from them. Um, you then immediately, you know, tell yourself, you know, those questions, like you just said, um, so the next um, thinking trap is personalization. I don't know about you, Estella, but I talk to many people that have the dis you know, shark Marie tooth um, and other types of chronic conditions that oftentimes are personalizing everything. Um, and this is really when someone believes um, in their head they assume and think that it's about them. Like for example, I wasn't invited to a girl's trip. You know, there's a bunch of people and they're all going on a girl's camping trip and they didn't invite me because of my disability. They didn't invite me because I think I'll slow them down. So that would be an example of personalization. You know, could it be possibly true? Yeah, it could be, but I have no facts to back this up. And it, and it might just be that I wasn't there when they planned that girl's trip. Mm -hmm. It might be, it's like out of sight, out of mind. It's not necessarily about me, but I've personalized it by making it about me, you know, that I was intentionally excluded. And most of the time that isn't the case. Yeah. No, a lot of people are just consumed in their own lives. Uh, people have their own families and, and like, you know, the saying is, you, know, you never know what someone else is going through. Um, I think that's just always a good reference to have when we're making assumptions, oh, this person didn't call me back, or, you know, this guy didn't ask me on a second date, it must be because of my disability. You know, it's that opportunity to have a dialogue and, and, and ask how somebody's doing and what's going on in their life and not always putting the spotlight on ourselves. Which leads us actually to the next thinking trap, um, which is somewhat similar, but different, um, which is mind reading. 
And that's basically when you assume what others are thinking. So not only are you making it about you, but you're assuming that it is literally about you and that you can mind read, that you're some sort of mind reader who knows exactly what they're thinking. And, and um, there is no evidence of that. It's not that you've heard anything. It's just you're believing that. And, and you know, an example of that is, um, you know, the classic, they're staring at my leg braces. Uh, you hear that all the time. I've felt that many times. I've gotten into that thinking trap. I know you probably have too, or anybody who has any um, outward visible sign of a disability, they're staring at me. So how is that a thinking trap? And what can you do about it? Well, I have found <laughs> that most of the time, and I, I would say 80% of the time, they are not staring at your leg braces. When you think people are staring at you, they're in space. They are totally caught up in their own stuff. They may be glancing in your direction because that's where they're like positioned or maybe they're walking towards you or they're in the same room as you. But a lot of times they aren't even noticing. You know, the first time I went into public wearing shorts and leg braces, it was like, I was definitely catastrophizing. And then, you know, you realize shortly after that that nobody cares, really. I personally have had people come up to me in the gym and, and say, you know, I, look, I noticed you're wearing leg braces. I just wanted to introduce myself, you know, give you kudos to you taking care of yourself. And I really admire that. So, um, you know, it can turn into something very positive. Absolutely. So how do you challenge this? Okay. When you have those, um, those feelings or those mind reading tendencies. Okay. Well, similar to the last one, but different, you know, is there, ask yourself, is there any evidence that this is true? It's as simple as that. Again, is there any evidence that this is true? And another part is, if it is true, so what? That doesn't necessarily mean just because someone's looking or staring, it doesn't mean you don't know what they're thinking. So I think the other part is, is that we tend to mind read what someone else is not only thinking, but what they're feeling. And you have no idea that person could have leg braces on themselves. <laughs> that person could have a, you know, a family member who has leg braces and they've looked at you and it's reminded them of their family member. And they're like, wow, look at her walking so well. So we have to tell ourselves and remind ourselves that not only are we, do we not know what people are thinking in their heads, we don't know what they're feeling or what their back you know, their backstory is in relationship to their own thoughts. Right. And that's why conversations are so important because whenever there's that blank, we're going to fill it in with what, you know, we make up in our heads when we can just literally, you know, try and have a conversation and ask more questions and, and not jump to those conclusions. Okay. So number, I don't even know what number we're on, but <laughs> the next um, cognitive or thinking trap is mental filtering. And this is, I don't know if you've ever heard of the expression um, negativity bias. Have you heard of that, Estella? Yeah. So basically it's when we are just, you know, you can't see my hands, but I'm like making a tunnel, like tunnel vision, right? Yeah. We are totally unaware and we ignore all positive things and we are focusing exclusively only on the negative. So we do not see any positives when we are only focused on the negatives. And obviously, you know, when you're doing that, it's a, you, it causes all sorts of feelings of hopelessness and depression and extremely low self-esteem. But 
this negativity bias, it's, it's a proven fact. If you have in your head that life is a certain way or things are a certain way, and that is a negative thing, right? You are literally not going to see the positive thing that's right next to you. It's like you'll walk right past it because you're filtered only on that negative. You're searching for the negatives to back up what you believe to be true. Right. And I mean, and, and the ironic part is that when you're putting out that negative energy, you're going to attract more negative things into your life. Right. right. Because I mean, most people don't want to be somebody around somebody who's complaining all the time, who's just like a Debbie Downer. So it's just like this self fulfilling prophecy. We're not saying that, you know, you, people, we don't have a right to be upset about things or angry. There should always be some sense of perspective there. Like, how can I see the bigger picture here? Maybe this is just a chapter in my life right now. It's not going to last forever. Um, and also just to have that awareness of just what other people are going through. Like, okay, I have this problem, but I also could very much have this problem here and I probably wouldn't trade it mine for that one. So if you're gonna if you think your life sucks and life sucks in general, you're only gonna see the things that back up that life sucks. You're not gonna notice the wonderful things that come into your life or a wonderful person who comes into your life because you have in your head everyone sucks and everything sucks. Yeah. Um, so similar to that um, is another thinking trap, which is basically discounting the positive. So unlike the negativity bias and mental filtering, where you literally cannot see any negative, anything positive at all, like you, you will not see it because you're focused only on the negative. Um, when you have a thinking trap of discounting the positive, this is where that Debbie Downer really comes in, okay? <laughs> because she sees those little net positive things along the way, but she will like write them off. She pushes them away. She's like, oh yeah, that's a fluke. Or yeah, that just is luck. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah, my life sucks. No one cares about me. Everyone, you know, thinks I'm like disabled and can't do anything at all. And oh, oh yeah, I was invited to that thing. Oh yeah, that's there must have been another reason, right? You know, it's like justifying and you know, only staying in that negative thinking trap always. It's like, I will not allow the good things to come in. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the other part of discounting the positive is that this is really reinforcing the fact that people like that are stuck in this thinking trap, they don't believe they have control, right? Mm, yeah. And that's really the important part that we want you to, to be aware of. You have the control to change that. So if right. you are discounting the positive, like if your automatic auto response is, yeah, that's a fluke. That, that's just, that's an anomaly. That doesn't happen. Yeah, life sucks, but oh yeah, that was a good thing, but that was just a fluke. If you can change your thoughts to be focused on that positive thing for what it is, yeah, that did feel good. That was really nice. And yeah. not follow it up with a justification or a rational statement for, mm -hmm. you know, you know saying why this is just a fluke um, right. or even accepting compliments right I mean a lot of us we take the compliment oh thanks but oh this is an old an old top right or, oh I don't look good today I'm, I'm a mess you know all of these things we just kind of divert the and reflect our compliments back to someone else so it's it's definitely like you said it's a powerless place to be because it's, it's like life is happening to me and mm -hmm. I am happening to life like you bring life to whatever 
it is that you do and not the other way around. Right. And you're in control. That's the point. No one is control of your life and your thoughts, but you. So we can't control others' thoughts or feelings. All we can control is how we respond. And the first thing we can do and how we respond is to change our thoughts and our feelings around that response. Uh, The next thinking trap, this one I definitely, you know, um, shouldn't. Um, that is a definite thinking trap that I think many people out there can relate to. Um, when we should ourselves, we tell ourselves, oh, we should have more energy. Gosh, I should get more done. I, you know, I should lose weight or gosh, I heard that, you know, keto diet helps with inflammation. Why can't I stick to that? I should be able to eat like that. And that is, you know, definitely a way to raise your anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And any thoughts, Stella? <laughs> or maybe you don't should yourself. Yeah, I should say something. Um, <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a matter of, of having empathy for ourselves. And instead of, you know, replacing the word should with I will. And, and a lot of times we think that these, Things should be done tonight, and we forget that things are a process. That you know these big changes and improvements in our life should happen overnight. But when in reality, they're one step at a time. So instead of putting it in this corner of "oh, I should do that," it's too big for me to tackle. Taking that, dissecting it down into steps, and being like, "Okay, I am working on this." Today, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, today I didn't have time to do it or, you know, wasn't a priority for me. Tomorrow it will be. I totally hear you on that. Um, And I think a lot of times that shoulding also relates to when we mind read and assume that others think we should be doing something that we're not right? Like, um, so they all kind of go together. We, we put these expectations on ourselves and we often falsely believe that other people put them on us as well. Like they think we should be doing more or we should be faster or we should be further along or we should not have pain that we experience. And, um, again, that's mind reading and that's, you know, blaming ourselves, blaming the victim. It's doing all sorts of negative stuff. And all we need to do is flip the switch on that and tell ourselves, give ourselves a break and, you know, ask yourself, am I okay? Yes, you're okay. Do, if I don't do this today, is it going to like mess up my entire life or someone else's? No, it can be done tomorrow. You know, give yourself a pass. Um, so another thinking, negative thinking trap is emotional reason. Um, so that's when basically you assume that because you feel a certain way that it must be true. Uh, an example of this would be, I feel like a burden, so I really must be a burden Mm. or I feel ashamed of my disability. So yeah, I must be defective. That's a fact. But obviously that is not a fact. That's just negative thinking. Yeah, your thoughts are not facts. And um, emotional reasoning is probably one of the most common thinking traps um, that people get into. And um, because our feelings can be so strong, right? So when something is so strong, it's like, it must be true. But 
oftentimes it's just patterns of how we have always responded. And here I said, always see, <laughs> but how we have responded, these patterns from childhood of how we've responded, our auto response. And it doesn't mean that it's right. You know, oftentimes it's just because it's been, that's how we've responded all this time. And emotions are not facts. Yeah. And maybe we've had somebody in our life that you know, unfortunately has uh, contributed to that feeling. And maybe it's time for us to take inventory of the relationships in our lives. And if there's someone in your life that is making you feel like a burden, that is putting shame on you, that is telling you that you're defective, get out of there as fast as possible. And I really start thinking about how can I, how can I remove myself from this person? Maybe you have somebody to help you at home. Uh, maybe it's a homemade or maybe there's a family member that, that is toxic, that is your caregiver, but not really mentally or emotionally helping you or can handle it. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's also part of who we're letting in that environment. Definitely. We have one final uh, okay. thinking trap and I say, well, it's not the best for last. All of these are negative, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the last negative um, thinking trap that a lot of us, especially those of us with chronic conditions and disabilities tend to um, find ourselves in, which is labeling. And this is where we basically identify ourselves with what we believe are our shortcomings um, without any evidence suggesting that we are that way or not that way. So an example would be instead of, you know, saying to yourself or, you know, or thinking, gosh, I could really use some help getting dressed. You might say to yourself, I am helpless. Instead of the act that you are challenged by, you make an assumption. So dating and, you know, that all or nothing thinking like no one's going to love me. No one's going to find me attractive. So when we label ourselves, that definitely is, um, and, you know, and we take on this feeling of this is how we are. Well, how can you expect to find love, right? If you think you're unlovable. So a label might be, I am like, I am defective. I am unlovable. And you go around, you know, looking for evidence of the fact that you are this way. Um, so this is where all these thinking traps kind of overlap. Um, and so how do you, you know, stop yourself with the label? Well, first step is to recognize that this is a label, right? You are basically putting yourself into one small little category and you are so much more than that, right? Um, it sounds cliche, but like, you know, we are so much more than our disability. Well, we are, <laughs> you know, and disability is not a bad word. So let's take a word that's bad where someone might have a negative connotation. What, what's a negative label of disability? Helpless. 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 Right. You know, if that's how you see yourself and that's what you're thinking that you are, you are helpless. You know, well, you're going to act helpless. You're going to attract people who feel sorry for you. You are going to have people see you as a victim. Um, but if you instead are able to change your thought pattern, instead of saying to yourself, I am helpless or thinking I'm helpless, I am challenged a little bit <laughs> or sometimes by walking or it's difficult for me to, you know, um, use my hands. I, I have, I have a hard time, not my hands are useless because mm -hmm. that's a big statement, right? Like my hands are doing, they do a lot of good stuff. Like I can eat, I can you know, gosh, I can eat a lot, unfortunately, <laughs> but, you know, my, so instead, so that's a, 
great example. I, that's my own personal example. Yes. I hear a lot of times I, you'll even hear me say my hands suck. Well, that's a label. That's negative thought, right? That's a label that I put on my hands. And instead, if I were to say, you know what, my hands can't do some of the things I wish that they could do, but they can do this, this, and this, right? You know. Yeah, and it's and it's helpful too. I think this is uh, where creativity can play a real strong part. It's like, what devices can you find? What hacks um, can you mm-hmm. talk to other people? Reach out to other people in the community that are experiencing similar um, challenges. What do they do? Um, what are some of their words of advice? Right. So, you know, to review, if you want to check out that blog, it has way more information um, and we'll put it in the show notes um, on the podcast. And um, by the way, while I mention that, I hope those who are still listening, because we'd love you if you're still listening and that you found us, um, we hope you subscribe and leave a review. We don't say that enough, but that's the only way people can find us. We want to help people and we want to get the word out about this podcast so that others can find us. So the only way to do that is for you to is tell your friends, obviously, and people, but also leaving that review. It helps, um, I don't know, that Google thing find us. <laughs> and um, so basically to conclude, um, we've gone over, you know, 10 thinking traps um, that all of us can find ourselves in. And we want you to just be like we are trying to do as well. It's a learning process. Um, mindful, just be mindful. That's as simple as it is. Just be aware when you have a thought that's negative, ask yourself, you know, is this all or nothing thinking? Am I mind reading? Am I, you know, labeling? Am I emotionally reasoning? Um, Once you ask yourself that, then you can follow up with questions in your head like, hmm, is this 100% true? Have I gotten through this before or something similar? Is it possible I'm jumping to conclusions? Obviously, you know, all of us are going to have slip into these thought distortions. We're human, right? But if you find yourself using one a lot, like the majority of the time, this is your, you know, opportunity to get it in check. Yeah. And and if I could offer one uh, suggestion that really helps me get out of my head is meditation. Like meditation is literally the opposite of thinking. It, it creates the space between you and your thoughts and you don't put as much value on your thoughts when you have that space you just see them for what they are and sometimes you know a lot of times they're just automatic and we don't have to attach ourselves to them and we can just kind of let them float away um but i think meditation is a great way to just really kind of recenter ourselves and and to you know just remind ourselves that we are into our thoughts and i love that and by the way you know for those who are listening and you know estella i like um, I'm envious of like the real meditation practice where someone can sit down and do the, mm, you know, um, but if that's not something that you're comfortable with, or it's a little woo woo, um, you know, meditation is all different. You know, basically it's just getting out of your head. So, you know, as someone who's a non-meditator meditator, that means like when you go for a walk, looking for things that are a certain color, you know, that's mm-hmm. meditation. Um, there's many apps that people can use. I mean, I've, you know, used Headspace in the past. Um, there's free ones like Calm, I think. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of apps. If you just Tons go to the app stuff. store and look meditation, you'll see um, meditation for dummies, whatever it may be. Yeah. But if you need any help or prompts, um, but, you know, 
I think having also a word that gets you maybe out of your own head when you get yourself caught in those thinking traps, you know, for me, it's stop, like a stop, picturing a stop sign and visualizing that red stop sign um, to, to be like, okay, Lanny, get a grip, you know, whatever works. And we want to hear from you guys on what you do to get out of your own thinking traps and what works. The the more examples we can share, the better. And uh, I'm sure you're not the only one. You can all relate on some level. Yeah. And we should totally do a follow-up podcast um, on this, um, Estella. Hopefully, if we um, we hear from you and you guys tell us what you'd like to see, but there's so much more that can come from like being able to change your thoughts and control your mm-hmm. thoughts and have an ability to then basically determine your life and make it better, you know? Yeah. All right, everyone. So thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to hit subscribe. We love to hear from you. So please reach out. Um, Estella is with H&F and the link to her email and whatnot is um, in the show notes. You can find us on Instagram at the Embrace It podcast. Um, But anyways, bye guys. Bye. Take care. Stay safe, guys.